Hi, this is Paul. I want to talk about YouTube, Dunbar, money, all of those things on this video. I always think that's oh, going to be a little video, but we'll see how little it is. So this morning on Luke's live stream, uh, T. Grog came in and he's been haunting the comment section with his uh, physical athe physicalist atheist. And he told he told a bit of his story on the live stream that I'm not going to deal with in this video. I might grab it for another video, but it was so wonderful to have him in there and have him uh, show up with his face and voice and give a little bit of his story. So that was tremendous. But then the conversation took another turn that Sam sort of, uh, Sam sort of took it on. So we'll start there. I'm so glad you came in. This is awesome. I'm do retired. We... I got to do something. Send I got a question. Email. Send me an can, email. Can this little corner get bigger than a Dunbar number in terms of of the number of people who are kind What's of a Dunbar number. The Dunbar number is sort of like chimpanzee troops tend to have about 200-ish, you know, chimpanzees, and they you can remember that many faces and sort of keep a mental history of their personality and all the nice things they've done for you and all the bad things they've done for you, right? It's like a credentialing system in your mind, but it only seems to be able to handle a certain number. You can't do this with 10,000, maybe a few hundred at most. And so I feel like we're dodging the credentialing system because we're below a Dunbar number in this little corner. Okay, so the previous conversation with this was about the question of expertise. And T. Grog had expressed annoyance that people like Jonathan Peugeot are talking about all sorts of things and not sticking to their expertise. Uh, the same thing has been leveled against Jordan Peterson. The decoding the gurus guys this is kind of a standard thing for them people should stay in their lane they should only talk about what they're expert in and nobody should listen to them if they're not talking about what they're expert in a part of the problem with this is that the world isn't made up of silos and human beings can't live in silos the new none of the new atheists uh the new atheists were continually called on the fact that they were almost all wandering out of their areas of expertise. None of them had any expertise in the Bible. And we could have a very long conversation about what that means, because that is a, if you actually know a little bit about a field, suddenly what you learned in, let's say, what I learned in college reading Thomas Kuhn's history of scientific revolutions is that this monolithic view of expertise is not what it thinks. I just finished this morning a conversation with um, with Guy, the Israeli uh, professional wrestler that I had on the channel a while ago, and just a great conversation about Cog Sai and, and many of these issues. So Sam's point here is really important because Sam makes the point that credentials develop because you have relationships that are beyond the face-to-face. -face. And credentials have developed in many different forms throughout history. For example, in the ancient world, if you were going to people, going traveling across the world to a group of people that were somehow connected to the people that you were from, you would come with what today we call a letter of recommendation, which would say, you don't know this guy, but you know me, and I say he's okay, so you can listen to him and you can talk to him. When you get to modern institutions like the Christian Reformed Church, I hold a credential with the denomination. And that means that I achieved certain educational goals. 
I was examined by certain bodies within the institution. I hold a credential in the Christian Reformed Church that if I were to leave Living Stones, I could make my name known and people could uh, offer me jobs based on the fact that I have a credential. Now, you can offer a job to someone else if even if they don't have a credential, but then there's all sorts of other things. Educational institutions have this. Right now, there's a huge teacher shortage because teachers are, uh, since COVID, have been bailing out of the profession in many places. And so teaching uh, teachers will, and actually TGROG has a background in teaching, uh, school districts will offer emergency credentials. You do a little bit of testing, but then the longer you're in, you have to sort of get your credential up to speed, so on and so forth. Sam's point here is that part of what's made the little corner of the internet work is because it's little. Now, another piece of how it's worked is in fact that the credentials or the relationships which have served instead of the credentials have come via YouTube. You trust me because you've listened to enough of me. When Jordan Peterson came on the scene, he said, I've got hundreds of hours of classes on YouTube. If you want to know who I am, go listen. Now, there's kind of a trick in that because very few people will actually listen. They would rather have a credential because a credential is a time saver. Credentials are offered by institutions, and a big part of what's happening now is sort of the collapse of institutions all over the place. Collapse of trust in medical authorities, collapse of trust in governmental authorities, collapse of trust in religious authorities. Many of these institutions that we've been building for the last 500 years within modernity, modernity forms certain kinds of institutions, those things are collapsing, and it's one of the principal signs of the of the recession of modernity in our culture around us because institutions are collapsing and we will have to see if new institutions emerge. But Sam raises the questions of Dunbar numbers and of course we're sort of skating around the Dunbar number issue partly because we are seeing each other face to face via YouTube or Discord servers or Zoom. We are sort of approximating the ancient face-to-face -face knowing. Now, there's a certain degree of um, confusion in that because do we really know each other face-to-face -face when we're meeting on Zoom? Is there some illusion in there? I'd say, yeah. Is Do I feel like I know them better than I know them? Yeah. So again, this is part of the reason I'm doing every week estuary at Living Stones, not just because I want other people outside of the church to know some of the people inside of the church. The people inside of the church need to know each other better. I made a mention on a few different episodes, a few different conversations, that part of what we have now is that women are no longer going down to the river to wash clothes together. Men are no longer going down to the field to harvest the field together because what they discovered is that if they all harvest one field, then they go harvest another field. Or if you raise a barn, there were certain economies of scale that could be afforded if you did things collectively rather than individualistically. And now via technology, we are increasingly isolated as individuals. And these screens are becoming the way that we are connecting with one another. So what we're really playing with, and Sam is very right with this stuff, what we're really playing with this is the Dunbar number, but all of this that we're doing seems free. 
I just need a Gmail account. What does it cost to be on a, to have a Gmail account? Nothing. Sometimes I'll get the question, usually from people older than myself, what does it cost to be on YouTube? Do you have to pay for it? Define pay. Because part of what happened in the dot-com boom was that, well, suddenly, of course, Apple had a walled garden where, well, if you want iOS or if you want Mac OS, if you want these operating systems, you have to buy the hardware. And Apple's going to you know, use their lawyers and use their business to sort of keep that hardware. Google comes in and Google says, we'll just give it to you. Here, have Gmail. Here, have YouTube. Here, have Calendar. Here, have Android. You can just have it. But now, as this thing has developed, people have begun to say things like, well, if you're not paying for a product, you are the product. And what do they mean by that? They mean, well, they're mining your they're mining your private information. They're figuring out how to market to you, yada, yada, yada. And so, of course, YouTube was, if you go back, there was a great video on the history of YouTube, which I can't seem to find right now. But part of how YouTube, YouTube figured out early on that the key to expanding their platform, first, of course, there was all this copyrighted material and everybody freaked out about it. But then they figured out the key was getting people to make videos for them. And then, okay, everybody wants to do that, but what if, in fact, you get paid to make videos for them? And in fact, you don't, it's sort of like the lottery. You don't actually have to pay people to make videos for you. What you have to do is just hold out the possibility that you might get rich by making videos. And that sort of functions in our imagination, like, let's say, the uh, megabucks or these, these public lotteries that we have in the United States that people know the odds are small, but they still buy tickets. Well, why? Well, because, what, $2, $4, $5? It doesn't cost me that much, but maybe I'll get rich. And so it's not just wealth that sort of motivates people. It's fame. It's all sorts of things. But again, the thing that YouTube offered was compensation. After a thousand subs and a certain number of hours, you can be monetized. What does monetization mean? Well, that means that there'll be ads, and then you'll get a little bit of the ads, and then it goes up and up and up and up. And then, well, very quickly, the ads were annoying. So then, well, let's let's offer let's offer YouTube Premium so you don't have to see the ads. Okay, and so on and so forth. Let's play a little bit more of this video on the Dunbar number because that's where this comes in. And obviously there are a lot of um, lurkers who are who know the Dunbar people, but who aren't in the Dunbar circle themselves. But I wonder, I think that's no. part of the, the nature of our group. Yes, and what we are doing with YouTube and these conversations is playing with that Dunbar number. And the key thing, that, the th key takeaway this morning is we all wanted to talk to T. Grog because he's been visible in the comments section and we wanted to see more of him. That's the key takeaway this morning. And Luke of his is expertise right. about personal. This is this is what we're doing. We're playing with this Dunbar number. Well, I'm feeling very loved. That's very that's fantastic. Oh, don't worry. There's some people going to comment on this about PVK and his vicious love bombing people. That's so wrong <laughs> and grifty. No, there's nothing wrong with that. I can go to the Mormon church. They'll do the same thing. Exactly. So. 
Exactly. Just a tactic yeah. to get you to convert. Yeah, the best thing about us is that we're that not must under Mormonism's the banner true, right? of heaven. It's true in a <laughs> vertical sense. See. But we are playing with that because we do, and, and, and because the Dunbar number is extremely stressed right now because of the, because of social media. And so what we're trying to do is figure out different ways to tribe. Oh, and is that the Garth Brooks song? Is that the Garth, Brooks, the Garth Brooks song, A New Way to Tribe? A new way to tribe. Sorry. <laughs> There are no experts here, guys. Just so you know, nobody's ever claimed to be one. That's that's my that's the only two cents I wanted to put in. Like I would say, I think that uh, Luke is an expert on personalism, but he would never claim to be an expert on such a thing. And if he did, I would be like, "You're not a fucking expert." But that was my whole beef. I'm really sorry. I'm really glad to hear from you, T. Grog. It was uh fascinating discussion guys really good and tim what's up tim holla i got well, go. i do have to run guys and paul um i don't hate you i think I your you ideas are unclear and i don't understand them right that's all that's not paul's job paul isn't the have the ideas person he is, he is the landscaper or the salience landscaper director of everybody it's not Paul's job to invent the propositions. Or a catalyst. He's not that kind of leader. Everybody wants well, we're gonna talk about the Heidelberg confession at some point. So catechism. <laughs> I'm the expert. It's Heidelberg Catechism. Thank you. <laughs> I good workout. Enjoy your workout, Pete Grog. Thanks, Grog. Gotta go. Gotta go. Right. Bye. Oh man, Tim, unfortunate. Come and rain on our parade. I'm going to jump ahead here. I'm going to jump ahead here back to the Dunbar number. On the uh, the institutional and the credentialing just for a second, because, I mean, you can, you can find the same information that you could learn in a college online, and you can educate, you literally can put yourself through the education. Now you don't get tested necessarily, but it's a diff it's a new world. It's a, it's a new world for what it means to be an expert. Because it also how do we control who gets accredited and how we can leverage that power, that authority into power that we can use for a point so that yeah. we well, can now get YouTube, the goal you, that YouTube we want. Control, YouTube controls it now with who they allow to ascend. Yeah. Because really, because it because it, it, it measures for expertise in the algo. Like, it's going to give you the best if you want it. But and so, YouTube, you can YouTube can allow that to happen organically, or it can try and meddle with it. But the more it try and meddles with it, the more it weakens itself. Yeah. Yeah. The better it allows that to be an or an organic bottom up process without you know doing too much top down meddling, the better YouTube that, is. That's what I'm talking about. I'm, there are there are controls of something they don't want to get X too big, but if they they do allow things to come up through that are that are quality, that have a quality to them. Which is why my channel is so small. <laughs> well, I know you've colonized Grail Country pretty hard, but it's growing. Well, this is I. I'm always asking Nate and trying to keep up. I'm just like, do you want me to be doing these on your channel? Because I don't know. I mean, it's probably why it's gotten as big as it has. But I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm always. What's funny about the whole internet thing is it's constantly 
flipping my own narrative because like I started out somewhat of a Luddite and then I got onto Twitter and then eventually YouTube for, I don't know, adult conversations and things, these, this kind of engagement. And then I'm like, all of a sudden, well, I don't know. This is, this seems like a real communion. Like I like a lot of these people. I've developed a relationship with these people. Well, that goes against my, my narrative and then scale. I don't know. Like I try to be open to scale, but like I am, I'm doubtful of it. I'm doubtful of extrapolate. I think it's a limitation of our own finitude and our embodiedness. You just, you can't pay attention to everything and to 500 people. You, I mean, not meaningfully. But think, think about how Christianity um, deals with the Dunbar number and always has. Jesus has Peter, James, and John. Yeah. And then he has the 12 disciples, and then he has the 72, and then he has the 20, and the, the church in Corinth, and the church, and then there are multiple churches in Corinth. And I mean, and so now, and you have the house church, and discipleship, and the small group, and the cat-sized church, and the mega church, and the book, and the denomination. I mean, we are doing, we are working on this again and that's why, Luke, you're, I mean, let's give props to Jacob, who came up with the just chatting. Um, I mean, Jacob did that. It. And we're continuing to work on this. But the, the expert thing, the, the expert thing is, is going to, is having a real hard time because of the Dunbar number thing. Because experts are in the eye of the beholder, which, again, is personal. Oh, snap. <laughs> well, once upon a time, institutions were able to help with the scaling of credentialism and credibility and expertise to get beyond the Dunbar number. And that has a huge amount of um, there. There's a lot of upside on that, Luke, that I think you're discounting. The problem is, is that those institutions used to operate with a lot more good faith from the people participating in them than I think that they have now. And they're trying to be gamed by people, which weakens them. And it, it's not like I, you know, I, an MD is still probably better not an MD, but I had a, you know, a decent sized argument with my wife yesterday about some medical advice that uh, was given to our children at the urgent care. And um, I thought differently and my wife thought differently. And so now all of a sudden we're sending each other scientific studies. Right. And, you know, it's like, oh. Well, because that will flip is which experts and trainees do you trust? Mm -hmm. And are is the medical establishment actually making people healthier? Yeah. That wasn't like, it's that wasn't the spirit of what Grog was saying initially. Um, and I feel like, this conversation is like getting more and more disingenuous, like away from the fact that I think you would all agree with, which is in every aspect of our lives, we rely on experts. We rely on credentials to reliably. And those expertise, that expertise has to be paid. Now I'm going to, I'm going to go back because I wanted to finish the speech and it's a good speech, but this is part of what's happening in church life now is that the kind of vocation and career that I have enjoyed is going away. Uh, a, a fully paid middle class minister 
he's fully paid because he's got a master's degree. Um, the church, a church, a church, the size church that can support such a thing now is radically different because it used to be that a church of 100 to 200 could support that because facilities were less costly and especially because the minister was the only employee of the church. Might be a little bit for music or a bulletin secretary, but not much. Now there's expectations there's going to be a children's ministry director or maybe a children's ministry director, a youth director, a musical director. So when... Um, when Food Truck Emily's video comes to the full channel, she's a worship leader, and we talk about that in the conversation. So church has scaled because institutions have scaled. And in some ways, these institutions have grown so large, and they're dealing with so much, they're dealing with so much abstraction, they're collapsing. Display someone's competency or authority, um, and. I think the point he was making was that everyone in this in this stream right now does this, except for the Christians when it comes to other Christians, is that as long as this Christian guy, whether his name is Jonathan Pajot, whether he has zero subscribers or a thousand subscribers or whatever, as long as he's saying things that I like, he's correct. But And in terms of the algorithm, again, we're crowdsourcing here, as long as the right people are listening for the right amount of time, the algorithm is going to continue to promote that video. And from this side of a YouTube channel, you see very quickly how if the algorithm decides to promote a video, it goes. Now, I've also seen that some of the, there have been a handful of videos that the algorithm has sort of grabbed hold of. And those videos have gotten a lot of views. Those videos are not talked about in the corner. It's very interesting how videos are sort of coming around on the other side because we're sort of hitting the, the question of crowdsourcing and how effective it is. Now, twice during this video, I thought of videos I wanted to play for you, but I couldn't find them, even though YouTube is a search engine. I didn't remember enough key particular keyword things that would differentiate those videos from what the algorithm thought I should watch based on all sorts of things. Usually the size of the video and the size of the audience. So this, I, you know, I'm deeply skeptical about the way that algorithmic crowdsourcing can, ex can replace, let's say, institutional expertise. But, but this is where technological disruption is never really quite what you think. The newspaper doesn't quite go away. The telegraph doesn't quite go away. The buggy whip doesn't quite go away. The internal combustion engine doesn't go away the way the governor of California thought it would. But I love my electric vehicle, and I, I wouldn't, um, I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I'm so glad for my electric vehicle, and I love it. I love the way I can charge it at home. I love the way it drives. I love all these things about my electric vehicle, but having the ability to get a, to gas up in a gas station, that's pretty cool. So I couldn't find those videos I wanted to find. It even just show you a little bit, not even any anything from the video, but even the title of the video, I can't find it. But waves of obsession I could find. And so waves of obsession now, 550, 511 views on. We're there to talk about. 
on his latest. And, you know, what's he doing? He's not, this isn't Algo curating it. And of course, it's under a thousand subs. So there's no ads on his videos because YouTube doesn't bother to give him ads. At some point, we'll have to see if YouTube continues to give away free, uh, free bandwidth and free storage space. Just like YouTube has been culling old inactive Gmail addresses, at some point, it's quite reasonable that this culling will come to YouTube. And this is something that those of us who are sort of using this right now had better be careful because another piece of modern institutions is just like modernity, it's sort of up there and we imagine it's permanent and will stay there forever. YouTube will not. Because there's no other corporation that giveth and taketh away without much notice as YouTube or as, as Google. I used to use Google Notebooks. I loved that. I was keeping all kinds of things in Google Notebooks. And then one day, Google Notebooks is going away. I used to use Google Music where they had sort of a, they had sort of a locker situation because I had all this idiosyncratic music and audio files and I uploaded them to my my Google Music thing, and I could find them, and I, I loved the way it worked, and then, oh, no, we're all going to YouTube Music now. This is going away. And and you'd like to say, don't, you know, it, it was like, it was one election. People are like, don't make Social Security a government program. It is a government program. Google is in charge of this platform. It does what it wills. Now mine, like Jonathan and others, my videos are duplicated over on Odyssey. That could go away. I look at their business model, it's like, Ooh. but there's no ads on Odyssey. There's no ads on my audio podcasts. But what's happening, even though the algorithm has taken certain of my videos and sort of sent them up there, and you can actually grow a channel. I, I was looking at, I won't name the channels, I was looking at some channels that are sort of in this sphere. And they, often if they did like, say, movie criticizing, and you use clips from movies, people really like that. And so you'll get a video with a lot, a lot of views for the one video, and very little engagement on the rest of the videos, because this is way more complex. But now, when I look at, say, what Chris is doing with Waves of Obsession and what Charlie Brown is doing with the little documentary that I posted, played a little bit of, this is pretty important. You know, it's one of those things you kind of forget about, but you can't really, truly forget about it. I'm deconstructing a term like psycho, like psychotechnology, and I, and I point out it's... And what's super helpful for me here is... I've made so many videos and I've been doing it so long, I've forgotten a lot of what I made videos. And even today in the live stream, Luke reminds me of, oh, you talked to another guy named Luke and that guy was this and that and this. Luke remembered it. I had forgotten it. And now I might be able to go back and find it. But what we're doing here is something that the algorithm can't do. It's embeddedness in one of the three meta worldviews. That isn't to say I'm not going to use the language. I'm just going to remember some of its embedding when I do use the language, because some of that embedding will continue to impact what I call my consciousness committee. Such an interesting word, psychotechnology. And so I just started thinking about it again.
and really actually started thinking about all of the the little pervaki words what what comes to the top of your mental salience hierarchy <laughs> a radical transformation in your salience landscape a radical transformation of right what it's like to be you Pervaki's been just wonderful in terms of giving me language for stuff that yeah, I, I've known but couldn't talk about. To say I'm not going to use the language. There's probably a fancy Verveki word for what I'm just... <laughs> That's where it happened. That's where it happened. Right there. And this is the funny thing about naming. The algorithm will not pick that up until it's already gone through and you type in fancy for Reiki words and you're probably going to get some, get some YouTube hits, but Job, and that's the amazing thing about naming that human beings do. And, and that's why it's interesting how Jordan Peterson connects naming with revelation. Cause there's a deep tie there. Describing. <laughs> to say I'm not going to use the language. But one of the things that John has done is that he's really created a powerful vocabulary to talk about the things. And so when I don't know what, what to say, sometimes I'll just reach it. I'll like have my little John Ravicki dictionary. <laughs> is as, as, as I continue to realize the relevance of that concept, <laughs> I to say I'm not going to use the language. Fancy Verveke words, as some yeah. people in my community call it. Optimization of relevance realization, right? A sacred optimization of relevance realization. It's relevance realization and spirituality, that, that, that very fudgy word. The relevance realization. Worship is relevance realization. <laughs> That's what we're to say. I'm not going to use the language giving me language to understand, you know, participatory knowing and, sure. and all of this stuff. Use your language. It can scale or to use my language. Like it's this ongoing, it's this inexhaustible fount. I mean, the amount of information available to you is combinatorially explosive. It is vast. It is overwhelming. The amount of things you could pay attention to in this room. You could look at that spot right there or that spot or the relationship between the spots. You can do that. You're capable of it. When you think about it carefully now, the amount of ways you could look at this room and attend to it is combinatorially explosive. So the first thing is you, you start to look at how did the language, how did it even come into the corner in the first place? Right? How did it get there? You think about the lull, right? You had Peterson sort of drop out for a while. You had Peugeot and Verveke step into the space, and Verveke in particular came in with the meaning crisis and his whole lecture series. Well, <clears throat> with that is where a lot of this language originated from. Now, Verveke kept using the same language in a lot of his interviews and a lot of his conversations. Now, now what's, what's incredible is that we're watching, we're watching Chris process. And that's, of course, what my channel has been. You're watching me process. Now, I'm not me and me's not Chris, but something's happening. And that's, I just played three minutes of the 25. It's an excellent video. And what he does through this video is he, he's got a lot of fun stuff in this video. And, and what's interesting is, you know, he's grabbing some clips that I some clips that I know, and then he's grabbing things that I don't know anything about, and just on and on and on and on and on. So, hmm. 
are we doing? Like, very rarely do you ever see somebody come forward well, and I go, actually... You, it's not just that you like what he's saying. I think it's that it you find it interesting and compelling and capturing and deserving of your attention. I or think that's deeper true. than that you like it. Or you find it false and you get angry about it, but that still keeps you watching. You know, it, it, it can be more complex than just that. But it's but we, you know, two weeks to flatten the curve. If you get this injection, you won't get COVID. Um, I mean, there have been this this thing has been under just read Thomas Kuhn's The History of Scientific Revolutions. I mean, that was the peak that well, science is going to deliver us from the from the tyranny of personal preference. And what Thomas Kuhn notes in the history of scientific revolutions is that science itself is communal. Mm -hmm. Not only that. There's no getting away from the personal. And there's rituals. Not only that, as a nurse, I, I, I work with heart surgeons every week. Every week I work with the best in the state. You know where I would send my dad? to get his heart surgery if he has coronary artery disease, I would send him wherever I'm at, wherever that surgeon has to look at me. I don't care how. And you know what's, you know what's interesting? If I had to go in for heart surgery and I lived near Christian Baxter, even though I just know him a little bit here on YouTube, I'd probably want to go where Chris is working too. Because this is where we get into Heidegger. Well, credentials, okay. Well, how about Heidegger? I'll drop a fancy philosopher name. Care. Attention. Because if I go to a hospital here in Sacramento, I'm a rando. I'm not saying they're bad hospitals. I think I'll get good care. Members of my church will come and visit me. The nurses will see somebody cares. I see this all the time with older people. If you have, a, if you have someone who's living alone, or they have no children and they go into a nursing home, it can be a good nursing home, but good luck. You wanna know how to get good nursing home care? Have a kid that's gonna be visiting all the time and checking with the nurses and building relationship with the staff and so on and so forth. That person's parent in the nursing home will get good care and the person who just goes in and is loved by the institution? How fucking good his credentialing are is if he is in the top, if he's the rated by whatever institution as the best surgeon in the world, mm -hmm. I would send him to wherever I'm at and that surgeon has to look at me. Yep. Mm -hmm. And yep. that's what Peugeot talks about in his art conference. I put this in my last video. He says the world doesn't want to maybe admit that maybe we're built on more than just things, but that it might be built on things like care as a human. Mm -hmm. And that care is a real Right there was Peterson's revolution. Right there. Still think. And it might be considered imaginary by like Tigrog. But I, I don't see it as imaginary when I take care of people mm -hmm. physically as a vocation. And yeah. and knowing inside myself and the moral quandaries that I that I feel inside myself of what what does it mean to care for this patient? Am I a caring person today? Mm -hmm. uh, and and so I think that that's, that's the tension between credentialism and what Paul was just hitting on, which is the personal. And, and accountability. And, and, that, and that's account another part of what you're talking about is like yes. that doctor is going to be accountable to you uh, and or a community if they mess up. And that's another difficulty with scale 
is yes. when, you know, it's not that there isn't accountability, you know, suing someone for medical malpractice is a institutionalized procedural form of accountability, but it's different and has weaknesses that losing status in your own community if you do wrong by someone. Um, yes. That, and Jordan Hall found that in a town of 8,000 people. He doesn't maybe even know about what he walked into is is a community of care and trust oh, oh, oh he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> he has no idea what he stepped into all right so that's just a little bit and i'll put the link to that live stream below but i want to come back because actually i made this video partly in response to a comment that someone said noticing the ads in the videos and I've, I've thought a ton about this kind of stuff over the years, and I've had different ways of trying to approach ads. And because I'm a person who hates ads, I will, if I, if I have a streaming service, I will pay, I haven't done this with Amazon yet because I'm really annoyed. I, I didn't want, wasn't watching a lot of Amazon anyway. But I will generally pay the little bit extra so that there are no ads. And I've used YouTube Premium. And I got a family plan and I gave it to a bunch of my kids and my wife because ads on YouTube are horrendous. I, I didn't know this until I started making YouTube videos. And then it's like, okay. And then there, then a few years into it, we're monetized. I monetized the channel because I was, I also watch what's happening with YouTube because YouTube is a main avenue by which my stuff is going out. Part of the reason Jordan Peterson went to Daily Wire is he knew that YouTube could get shaky. And Michaela just put a just put a um, a video, a little thing on Twitter that we can. Uh, I'll set it up. So you have to open up a YouTube window that isn't logged into anything. So you can see right up here where it's not signed in. And then if you start searching, if you search, okay, watch YouTube channels with Chrome. Dismiss. Yeah, Google. I understand. I am the product. Okay, P A U. L. Now, Paul, Paul Harrell, Paul Wall, Paul, uh, Paul Begley, space V versus, but even just Paul V, one, two, three, four, five, I'm six down. Just Paul V. That's pretty good. But, see, right away, our sort of modernistic mind, we sort of generalize and we think anybody in the world who checks this, and I'd be curious, I'm doing this out there, and you can put in the comment section of this video, how many down am I on a non-signed in browser? Because it's also checking geography. Because my IP address is going to Google and says, well, people in this area will check for these things, so on and so forth. Well, Michaela Peterson's point was, if you go J-O-R-D-A, oh, now, ha, ha, Michaela, it's, it was so funny, G-O-R, second one down. I wonder if uh, Michaela's tweet got a little bit of uh, recognition. I don't know, because I tried it too. Um, oh, I should find the tweet. Okay, so I can't find it now, but I don't know if somebody fixed it or what, but it was very interesting. But of course, the whole game on YouTube is to get onto this first page. And that's, that's, the, that's the whole game, to get onto this first page, to try to get, to try to get the clicks, to try to get the money, et cetera, et cetera, with this, with this un, 
with this page, they're just doing full guessing at what you might want to see. So then I saw this video because annoying pop-ups are working. I thought, oh, that's bad news. Cool if it works. Okay, and my first story of the week will be more news from Google that really caught my eye this week, which is that they just announced how much money they are making from subscriptions. We all know that Google has its massive advertising business, which continues to do incredible numbers at nearly $250 billion in revenue in the last year. But what has surprised me is is just how strongly Google has been growing its subscriptions. Sundar Pichai said this week that subscriptions were growing strongly and have reached $15 billion in annual revenue, which is almost $4 billion per quarter and up 500% compared to 2019, which means it's growing way faster than its ad business. For comparison, YouTube ads have made $9.2 billion last quarter, so subscriptions now make almost half as much money as YouTube ads do. That's important. So I got the invitation to do the membership thing. That membership money, well, that's subscription money. And what's interesting is that, okay. But now I've been enjoying the membership complexity to the channel because, for example, it allows me to host some conversations that would never be out on the open channel. And increasingly, I'm getting comments from people I'm having conversations with that such and such an element is okay behind the membership wall where there's only 300 some people, but I don't want that aspect of my conversation out on the open wall, on the open internet, because that could get me into trouble, even though a subscription is only $3 a month of which Google keeps 30%. So we should all be paying attention to this because right now we're all sort of using YouTube, but YouTube is also using us and to a degree. It's like, okay, we're using each other. Okay, okay. And at some point you kind of say, hmm, I don't know if I want to keep using them or allow them to use me. And the four main subscription types for Google are YouTube Premium, YouTube Music, YouTube TV, and Google One. So if you're wondering why they are pushing YouTube Premium so hard and why they're blocking ad blockers so hard, the answer is because it's working. I was and that's where the comment came. I, I'm using ad blockers and the ad blockers aren't working. And the, the software writers at Google are very smart and they're going to keep fighting this war. And... At some point, whether or not your channel is monetized or demonetized, it's not going to matter. Ads are coming. It's just the way it's gonna be. I was particularly surprised when Pichai revealed that Google One, the service that bundles drive storage, a VPN in the US, and a few other things, is about to hit 100 million subscribers, which is actually way more than I expected. And Pichai said that AI features will be added on top of this pile soon too. $15 billion means that Google is now making more money from subscriptions than a company like Spotify, for example. It is 6% of the company's overall revenue, of alphabets that is, and it is also growing faster than any other major segment that they have. Pretty wild. And that's key. 
And recently I noted that Spotify is changing. They have a new contract with Joe Rogan and you know, you're going to probably be able to watch the Joe Rogan experience on YouTube. We can expect continuing recalibrations of things like from the Daily Wire and other content providers. And I've been noticing that more and more mainstream network news is on YouTube. So you don't have to actually, I mean, cable, cable is dying and almost dead. And so YouTube is sort of becoming a a new channel for other kinds of content with paid sponsorships etc cetera, etc cetera. so this space is going to continue to change and you know i can understand why peterson sort of jumped into daily wire to give him a, bit, a little bit of a safe harbor from this but i don't know what to tell you I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I use YouTube Premium because I like just using YouTube. And there, they look how much. There's this five minutes of this video that I, not even five minutes. There's two and a half minutes of this video I played. I was talking to one guy I know who is is his day job is YouTube making videos about an area that is not anywhere near this area. He says, you know, if he just lets Google put in ads, there's like one ad every minute and a half, and then he puts ads in, so they're like they're every forty five seconds. And I thought, well, that's that video would be unwatchable. Well, his videos are a lot shorter too, but. YouTube isn't going to be sort of the continue to be sort of the open space. It's not going to just sort of get closed down. And then the question is, of course, what does that do to this whole thing? What is it doing to it now? And actually, we're seeing a lot of this with respect to churches. In the next 10 to 15 years, I, I'll guess America will lose between 15 and 20% of its churches. And there will be, there are going to be more and more church buildings that are going to be up for sale. Now in major metropolitan areas in high growth cities, like in high property value places, like here on this corner of Florin and Amherst and Sacramento, this piece of land will get gobbled up fast. And it'll get a good price. And then that money will then go back to denominational structures, yada, yada, yada. This is a very long thing. But culturally, the church is going to continue to change and adapt. And so it's going to be very interesting where this all goes because all of these things are connected. The institutions, expertise, economics... What doesn't change as much is, of course, the caring. Because we watch because we care. And the algorithm might shoot a video up about the Asbury um, revival. The algorithm shot that video up for me. The video with Sarah Hyder talking about atheists. The algorithm grabbed a hold of that for me. 
Um, the first video that I did on Critical Drinker, the algorithm grabbed that for me. Just And I noticed because the usual pattern of my videos is that waking hours in Europe and America are kind of the high peak. Sorry, Australia, you just don't have that many people. Those are kind of the peak for me in terms of viewership. And I noticed that when Algo would grab a video, they would get lots of plays in the middle of the night. And then I thought, nobody's watching these videos. These are people that have their television onto YouTube just running 24-7. And the algorithm is just throwing that out there. And so people look at that video and say, oh, it's got a lot of views. None of these numbers on YouTube mean what we think they mean. If you want to sort of have a sense of what things mean, listen to the people. Now, again, I just did this conversation with Guy the Wrestler, and it was, a, again, a great conversation. And it's in No Wait, No Ads right now. It'll come to the full channel. Everything that goes into No Wait, No Ads, some of those of you who like, I want to see it right now. Everything that goes into No Wait, No Ads comes to the full channel. Everything that goes into the member level might not come to the full channel. Okay, those are the differences between the layers. So, anyway, there's a lot to think about in all of this. So, leave a comment. Let me know what you think because your comments are a much better, better? Your comments are data. I look at how many people watched the video. I look at how long they watched the video. I look at all of these things from Google. But your comments mean caring. 